Hello and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things wedding. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about life, love, and entrepreneurship. I am Sarah Alipin, your hostess with the mostest uh, on the Wedding Dish Podcast and the CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. And my snorosaurus, French Bulldog, is napping in his sunspot behind me. I'm sure you'll hear him at some point making some loud snores. Um, that's his jam. Mm-hmm. So today I have with me one of my really like favorite planners in the DC area. Um, she's just a lovely human who brings such light into everything she does, Um, whether that's just having a coffee catch-up date or planning a wedding or, you know, working with her as the photographer at one of her weddings. Um, So thank you so much, Vanessa from Little Black Book for being here today. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. You know, I I love sitting and gabbing with you about all things event-related and and otherwise. (laughs) I so feel the same way, and I'm really <laughs> glad that you're here today because um, we're at, we're going to be covering kind of um, sort of like a frequently asked questions of um, COVID, post COVID, and um, new trends that are that you're seeing in the world. Great, awesome. Um, so let's dish. Um, what are some of the the common questions that you're getting from couples surrounding planning a wedding during um, work a little bit in an uncertain time with COVID because we're looking at potentially getting booster shots um, and that kind of thing. So knowing that that's the space we're in, um, what are some of the questions you're commonly getting from couples? Yeah. So I think question number one right now is, can I ask if guests are vaccinated? Uh, you know, what are the rules and etiquette around that. Um, So I I think what we've seen uh, over the past 18 months is etiquette, traditional etiquette has been thrown out the window um, a bit. And so um, I think, you know, most, most folks are um, aware of that and, 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 you know, there's additional space there to do things like ask that people be vaccinated. Um, some people are going as far as, as asking for, for proof. And there are all sorts of things I think you, you, you have to be careful with around that. You know, um, I recommend if that's something you want to do, just kind of doing a yes or no sort of thing versus asking people to send in their information. You know, you, you don't want to get that deep, um, I, I think, and you kind of wade into um, some other issues there. But I think it's perfectly fine nowadays to ask, you know, are you vaccinated? Um, or to ask that people who will, who are unvaccinated to be masked the entire time. So I think that's a huge one. We're starting to see some services pop up of uh, online testing. So there are people who are choosing to have to hire somebody to come on site and do rapid testing as you oh, wow. as you're coming in. So I mean that's that's definitely more of the extreme end, but. You know, if if my grandmother is attending my wedding and she, you know, I have other guests who um, are, you know, are, are at risk, then, um, you know, that that's something that, you know, may be appealing for people. Yeah, I mean, I I can see it. I it's hard because you don't want to take away from the celebratory feeling of bringing right. people together, but you also want to keep people safe. Um, so. It's kind of towing the line, and I'm guessing you're answering a ton of questions surrounding how to preserve that celebratory feeling without uh, or while keeping people safe. I mean, that's I guess that's the question of the year, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, and I think once again, most people are pretty understanding about it. I mean, we went through something that was um, just un, you know, I hate I hate saying unprecedented. I, like, there's like there is no other word for it, but. <laughs> so major um, that, you know, we haven't experienced in our lifetime. And so um, there's, in in most cases, people are very understanding around it, but people are doing things like um, having, you know, like the gel bracelets. So there's red, yellow, green, red for you do not feel comfortable with interacting with anybody outside of your pod, yellow, you feel comfortable with talking to somebody at a distance and green, you're ready to to mingle, um, you know, so there are things like that that people are incorporating that sort of still kind of give it that 
festive party vibe while serving a, um, a more kind of tactical purpose. You know, as a photographer, I kind of hate that they use red, <laughs> yellow, and green. It does not go with what people wear traditionally to weddings. Like when you choose what you're wearing to a wedding, you are not like, how can red work with this outfit? <laughs> you, uh, now you do not have to use those colors. I'll say that. You could you could use different colors for sure. But people know those colors. They do. So it they makes do. sense to you. Like I get it, but I also like – and red is my favorite color. Yeah. And I I do think if red goes with everything because I am a redhead, so I have to <laughs> that I wear. So red would probably work with anything I'm wearing. Right. Right. It does not always look great with, you know, whatever everybody else is wearing. And yellow can be tough too. So yeah. um yeah, I mean I wish it was like mustard and like <laughs> emerald green or like you know, like, look, if we're designing your wedding, that can certainly be arranged and like a nice sort of like, you know, um, like a burgundy, you know, deep it's fall. So kind of like a wine-ish color. Yeah, absolutely. We can make it. And people can still read that and have that make sense with the color. It connects in their brain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't quite make it such an eyesore in the photos. Like (laughs) it's like, um, you know, those, those lights that people use sometimes that they remind me of like um, going to a concert or mm-hmm. like a nightclub way like back. Sticks? No, uh, those can be interesting in a different way. I'm thinking of those lights that are like dots that spin. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then you get them like in the middle of somebody's eyebrow <laughs> and it's like, just like one, it's like the only green one that happened to hit that person's face. And it just yeah. looks like they have a green spot on their face. And I'm like, <laughs> No, I don't want to clone your eyebrow. Right. <laughs> and I don't want to change the vibe of your day, but why does it only have to be the one? Right. Because <laughs> there, there is always one. It, it always happens. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. Um, I actually, I photographed one of the guys that's a higher up in the CDC's wedding. Um, it was one of my rescheduled three times weddings oh. and they finally got married and they did their, they walked down the aisle in masks. Um, they wore masks during their first dance. Mm-hmm. Um, when people came up to watch their first dance, they asked them to, um, to wear their masks because a lot of people came from sitting at dinner and didn't think to bring their masks with them, which I mm-hmm. also get. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but, you know, it's like you want to be safe, but you also want to celebrate. So it's it's a hard mm-hmm. line to toe. I, I don't envy um, having to be the person that figures that piece out. Yeah. I mean, it is it is tough. I did a wedding in July. Um, and. Uh, you know, the couple felt very strongly that nobody could enter the ceremony space without a mask on. So we had plenty of masks on site right outside the door. And so we were passing them out as people came in and and they were unmasked, um, the couple for the ceremony. Um, and then, you know, we we're seeing a lot of people choose to do completely masked ceremonies, but then have it a little bit open for reception. And so, we're starting to see a trend where you'll have a set of guests that are attending the ceremony, but then we'll leave after the ceremony, which, you know, I think is, it's still, it's fine. It's a way for people to still participate um, without, you know, exposing themselves or, or being in a situation that's uncomfortable. So um, we're seeing that, that especially more so now, I think it's sort of, I don't want to say trending back up, but we're starting to see a little bit more of, of that sort of behavior. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, are you seeing any trends in terms of fashion with masks? Um, so there are folks who have done personalized masks. Um, so, you know, I mean, everyone carries, I mean, I, I think I have like 16 masks in my car alone. So everyone <laughs> has a ton of masks everywhere all the time now. But um, there are some couples who have done custom masks for their um, for their guests there are uh, wedding dress companies who are creating custom masks to match uh, your tux or match your your wedding dress. I did have one couple who did that, and that's that's definitely sort of a fun way to. I mean, and, and reality is 
they don't really have it on that much that much during the night but um what an awesome way to sort of capture that it is what it is this is the time that we're in and so you know make the most of it and and incorporate it um and you know a cool way into your day yeah totally um have you have you been seeing so i noticed this the other a couple weeks ago when I photographed this wedding um, where they were really enforcing, which honestly I as a photographer appreciate when people enforce the mask rule if that's what people are comfortable with because otherwise there's confusion and it's a little, you know, anything where there's confusion can just be a little bit more difficult and you'll have a little less interacting in a positive way, which is a huge bummer for photos. Right. but um, are you seeing a lot of dust masks at weddings? Um, not really. Uh, I haven't seen that as much. I'm trying to think. I no. only noticed one, but it was on like one of the primary people. Huh. That's interesting. No, I have not seen that at all, I don't think. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I would recommend against that. No, it's not the most festive looking one, but you know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, do what you got to do to be safe. But if you have the option, I would rack my avocado mask, which is my regular mask that I wear all the time, yeah. um, over a dust mask. Or just, you know, a classic black, you know, yeah. goes with everything and it, it looks, it you know, it looks, it looks great. So. That's and, and honestly, when we're ordering masks for like to bring us backups, we we have the black ones because you know, it it looks it looks formal and um, no, it doesn't ruin any photos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely. Um, you know, it's. I think that's an important thing to consider now, though, because if you are going to be wearing a mask, it should look good with what you're wearing. Yeah, it it should. I mean, you know, once again, I think we all have so many, um, but I do have masks that match certain outfits. I mean, once again, if we got to wear them, we might as well embrace it. Yeah. I mean, I want to look good in it if I'm wearing it. It's on right. my face. It's, exactly. To me, it's the same as my glasses, which are so annoying with a mask. <laughs> I know. I, I did get the fog spray. That works a little bit. Um, okay. It's not, you know, perfect, but um, it does help a bit. I've been um, – I had to switch to contacts for mm-hmm. photographing weddings because um, camera plus mask means a lot of extra fog because yeah. it's a lot of blocking. Yeah. Um, yeah, super, super interesting things that I never knew I would learn in my lifetime. <laughs> or or would need to, to account for at all. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, so in terms of other things, are are you seeing couples really um reevaluating the number of guests they're inviting? And what's that looking like? Yeah, so I think, you know, late spring, early summer, we saw a spike in people saying, oh, yes, I can go back to my original number. Um, and I think, you know, for all of my weddings for the remainder remainder of this year are still at their original numbers, which are over 100 people. So um, there were a couple of those that, that are out outdoors. Um, but I think people are still, you know, they're trying to squeeze it in before mandates change, if mandates change. Um, I am still seeing one thing that's that's survived from last year are some couples still choosing to do it small and then plan for a bigger celebration. Um, you know, especially those couples who have had to put off more than one time and they're sort of ready to to move on from that piece. And so, you know, um, here in DC, you know, there is uh, self officiating where they can officiate their own wedding if that's something you know you're you're into. So we have some couples who are doing that and then just planning for a bigger party when it makes sense. So that is something that that's sort of stuck around um, that I think we'll continue to see. I'm wondering if um, I and this is a little bit unrelated to weddings, but related to what you just said. And I'm curious if this is going to be a trend because it just keeps hitting the back of my brain. When we were growing up, people had family reunions mm-hmm. and that kind of went by the wayside. And then weddings kind of took that place and honestly, funerals did too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it sort of became like an antiquated practice to have a family reunion and not for lack of wanting to get together, but we had these other types of celebrations. And I'm wondering if family reunions are going to kick back up because people couldn't get together for some of these pivotal life events with the people that they love. I would, I would guess yes, for sure. I mean, even, you know, kind of tying it back to weddings, what we've seen with RSVP rates, I mean, Sarah, I'm nothing like, I've never seen anything like this where, you know, I've had several couples who have gotten almost 100% RSVP. Yes. Which is crazy. It's insane. insane. (laughs) Insane. That like doesn't happen like ever, ever. People are so ready to just get out there and engage and have a good time and to celebrate that it's like, I mean, I had one couple that was like, they just couldn't believe, I mean, there were people who they had, they put on the list because they knew they would not come and they RSVP, yes. So, you know, that's one thing I'm cautioning couple. And like, I don't know, I don't know if that will change a little bit, um, especially as we're going into the fall and winter seasons, but um, I'm cautioning couples that, Hey, look, if you're putting them on the invite list, let's be prepared that they will say, they will say yes. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, we also, we ha- we didn't, tra- we didn't get to travel. We didn't get to go out at- for right. dinner on a regular basis. You know, so we honestly have more disposable income in a lot of cases. Although, I mean, obviously a lot of people did lose their jobs and, um, and and hor- many worse things than that, <laughs> right. obviously. Right. Um, but for a lot of people, you know, they're looking for a reason to travel. They're looking for a reason to get together with loved ones. They're looking for something to make them happy because we have so missed connection. I mean, as an extrovert, you know, well, you also know me in real life too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love being around people. It is like it hurts my heart to not spend time with people. And it makes me even right now doing this where we can see each other's video, it still like fills my heart with so much happiness. So yeah. um, even the non-extroverted people are just, you know, or people who don't identify as extroverted are just so missed connection and so much celebrating. And um, it. I'm not surprised. I mean, it's shocking to think about people, 100% of people are sweeping. Yes. I mean, that is never been a thing that I yeah. can't my jaw dropped so hard it <laughs> I looked like Jim Carrey in the mask um. <laughs> yeah it's 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 interesting it, it really is but like I said I mean I think it, it it goes back to this I think inherently human need to connect and we've been just so incredibly disconnected I mean that past 18 months have just been so difficult on so many levels. Um, people are, they just want to be in a space that invokes happiness and weddings traditionally do that on so many levels. So, you know, to your question about the family, family reunions, I mean, I had a, I had a a ceremony, um, and they had some pre-ceremony religious activities and we, thought, you know, maybe we'd have like 30 people show up. It's, it was about an hour and a half before the actual ceremony. We had a hundred people show up. I mean, we were totally unprepared for, for it. Like we just, there was just, we just didn't, I mean, you know, based on history, you don't have typically the entire wedding showing up an hour and a half before the ceremony for these types of things. But you know, like I said, people just, they're just ready to get out there. They really are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're all, we're all so over this. Yeah. Whole thing. We are. We're, we, we are, we're, we're so over it. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's been interesting. So like I said, moving forward, you know, at least for the six months, I'm like plan for everyone to be at everything. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I I would kill to be invited to a wedding right now. <laughs> I say that as I have weddings. Right, every- I'm like, I'm, as I'm sure you're booked up like all of October. So yeah, <laughs> Fridays and Saturdays, some Sundays too. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's- it's going to be busy. Uh, it's going to be a busy fall, I think, for everybody. And then um, travel, like for, I mean, 
again, crazy, but travel to see families is also going to be super busy in November and December and early January. Um, yeah. It's going to be an interesting rest of 2021, I think. It definitely will be. That's that's for sure. I mean, if if uh, if anything is on trend, it's that um, there'll be lots of surprises, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I am so – yep, that's so yeah. accurate. Um, yeah. And – Speaking of on trend, after we take a super fast break, then we're going to come back and talk about some of the trends that we've seen or that Vanessa has seen come up um, that she thinks are going to, you know, either have staying power, gain steam, or maybe fade out um, in whatever this world looks like in 2022. So um, we will be right back with Vanessa from Little Black Book on the wedding dish. And we are back on The Wedding Dish. I am your hostess with the mostest, Sarah Alipin. And I have with me today Vanessa, who is the head planner for Little Black Book. Um, she's also the founder and CEO. And she is helping us navigate some of the frequently asked questions regarding um, weddings during the time frame that we're in, 2021, and looking into 2022. Um and now we're going to dive into talking a little bit about some of the trends that she's seen and what she thinks is going to either have staying sticking power and really like impact the way that weddings go moving forward from here or that she thinks are going to fade out. So I'm really excited to hear about this because um, I it's just it's always so fascinating. Planners have such a different finger on the pulse than photographers in a lot of ways, and uh, it's just a totally different mindset. So it's really fun for me to, to hear this from you. <laughs> yeah. So some of the trends I've seen, um, weekday weddings is one. Uh, and we've had a few over the years, but I think with people paring down their guest list, um, and you know, it's it's typically cost effective to do a wedding on um during the week. And so, you know, we've done Thursday weddings, you know, we've done Monday weddings. Um, and you know, I think that the guidance there is um think about the people who you absolutely need to be there. And nine times out of 10, your closest loved ones will make it work. And then everyone else who can join, you know, great. Um, but it's also a way to keep your guest list down if you're having trouble with that uh, and making cuts. Um, you know, it definitely cuts down the amount of people who um, would come. So you're not getting 100% RSVP, yes. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely something that we're seeing. And, and I don't know if that one will, will stay or not. I mean, I think it's, you know, once again, it's a more cost effective option for a lot of couples. And, you know, um, once again, if your key people can be there, then, then why not? Right. Well, and you bring up an important point here with the weekday weddings, um, during the pandemic, we all learned that teleworking was a thing, right? I mean, it was a thing I always knew was possible. Um, other than when I was a teacher, that would have I mean, I, w I would have loved to teach online when I, after I had surgery. That would have been great because right. I would have still been there for my AP kids. But um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Right. Um, but the we've all learned that we can telework. So your wedding starts at like, what, 530? Then you can people don't even really need to call their day off early if they have already come into town, um, if they're traveling at all. So having that, you know, that flexibility in not necessarily needing to fight traffic, if you're staying at a hotel that's right near the venue or whatever, then mm -hmm. it kind of opens it up a little bit in a different way than what we've seen before. Because a lot of people, if they, they would have to take PTO, paid right. time off. Um, but now, you know, if, if you had a day job, then we could still do this podcast in the middle of the day because mm -hmm. you can shuffle where you're working. You still have to get it done. That's what I've always said. Like right. you have to get it done at the end of the day. So in the, either you're super fast at working and you can just take an hour out of the middle of your day or at the end of the day to go to the wedding and get ready and stuff. But um, it makes sense to me that weekday weddings could have staying power because of that. Right. Exactly. So um, I think that's a good one. Another one that's come out of COVID that I think will be here to stay um, are kind of ind individualized food um, 
displays. So, you know, we've seen, we've started to see that trend a little bit more on the dessert side, um, but even with like appetizers. So, you know, I've seen people do um, mini charcuterie cups that you can kind of pick up and it's your own little, you know, with all of the, yeah, it's all in like a cone sort of thing. Um, I think we all are just way more uh, health conscious and a little bit more um, on the germaphobe side. I mean, you know, even things like we know that, you know, things can't, you know, the Corona isn't distributed as much through like touch, like on a box or something like that, but people are still, people still think through those things. And so um, I think, you know, the idea of lots of people kind of putting their hands in something and food, uh, freaks more people out now than it may have 18 months ago. Um, and it's just, you know, I think it's, it's nice for people to be able to grab something and walk around and talk to people and, um, not have to continue to go back to a station. So I think we'll see more of, of that kind of, you know, in, in the cocktail hour, um, uh, option. And and I think we'll continue to see it on the dessert side. I think that's such a, an important thing too, um, in terms of like actually being able to comfortably eat something during cocktail hour, because if it, that was one of the things my wedding planner told us, we, um, we had these like little taco things, but it was like a little bit too big for one bite. Um, and yeah. she was like, so I want you to imagine standing in your gown and cause I wore a gown, um, and taking a bite out of that and how that would look. And it had black beans. And I was like, that would have been all over me. So we didn't choose that. But now having something that's a little bit more bite sized, um, makes sense because you can stand and eat it, which is, um, also, you know, you're not like trying not to get it all over yourself. I'm right. a spiller. So that's a big concern for me. <laughs> Yeah. And right. Like you want people to be comfortable. They're going to be talking. They're going to have a drink in their hand. Um, so the last thing you want is somebody to be like gnawing on like a chicken leg or something. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's not, um, it's not great for photos and, and not as comfortable for guests. So yeah. Um, oh God. And putting a mask on after mask, that while it's like mask. all over your face. Yes. It's a lot to manage. It's a lot to manage. Um, so I, I'd say, you know, what else? Um, pod seating is a thing that came out of COVID. So seating people and family groups. And I mean, and that itself is not a, a unique idea, but um, I think if people have sort of taken it down, um, you know, to a, another layer with, you know, people who are traveling together and seating them close together. And so, um you know, I, that, I think that's something that, that could potentially stay. Um, I think, like I said, I think the health thing is probably going to be a concern for us even lingering for a while. And so it's always better safe than sorry to kind of keep people, um, you know, as much as you can. I mean, with the wedding people, you, you don't, you can't control where people are, who they talk to. Um, but especially for a setting where they have masks off to be eating, um, to be with a group of people who they, they've already been around quite a bit. So, um, and then last thing I would say with seating, uh, lounge seating, which I always love. I love, 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 love. I'm sure you do as a photographer yes. as well. Um, just more people being willing. And like you said, I think that people have bigger budgets, especially when they're doing smaller weddings to do more unique things. So, um, you know, I have one couple who's doing mostly lounge seating um, with a few um, traditional tables. Um, and it just creates a different vibe. Um, you know, I will say that, you know, our more traditional folks, uh, potentially parents don't quite get that, you know, they're like, people need an assigned seat that they can go to, they need to be told like where to go. Um, but it, it does create a more kind of, um, relaxed vibe. Um, and it allows people to sort of, you know, just kind of interact with multiple people, um, throughout the night. And, um, you know, instead of kind of being stationed at one, you know, one spot, um, during dinner. So I, I love the lounge furniture idea. I mean, it, it definitely is more expensive, but, um, you can get some really great looks from it. And, and like I said, it just it creates a different scene. That's so, so true. And you're absolutely correct that a lot of People who are more in the traditional vein mm -hmm. um, do think people want to be told where to go sit, how to sit, um, when to eat, what like the order in which they're eating and the things right. that they should be eating at what time. Um, 
but not everybody needs that. And especially when it's a little bit of a smaller wedding, you right. don't really need as much um, structure mm-hmm. and um, you can anticipate the events without having that structure. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, and people adapt and, you know, sometimes there is a little bit of confusion, but people figure it out. They go with the crowd and, um, you know, it's, it's, it, and there's ways to, um, to counteract that with signage and different things like that. So you're letting people know what's, what's okay and what's not okay. Um, but, but yeah, most people figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you seeing, um, other than lounge furniture, where are you seeing people splurge and save? Um, so I'd say on things like um, multiple dress changes, the ladies and the men. Uh, it, it's it surprises me how many guys are doing attire changes. Actually, I I love it. I'm totally here for it. Me too. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, I, I love to see it, but, um, you know, I am seeing that happen more and more where a couple may be in something more formal or traditional for their ceremony. And then they have, you know, party outfits or, you know, um, cultural outfits as well. I've had couples do multiple dress changes. So they kind of get all of that, that in there, um, during the day. So I'm, I'm seeing people splurge on attire. Um, also on guest gifts. So, um, you know, the weekend wedding is, is still a thing and I think will be a thing for, I mean, people love, love that. A lot of people love that. Maybe not everyone, but, um, where they, they're kind of making it a weekend experience. And so more people are adding in things like, you know, especially in the DC area, like a bus tour, which can be fun or, um, just other kind of planned activities like that. Um, or just, you know, kind of doing, um, kind of more elaborate, uh, welcome baskets for people, you know, with local, local, um, you know, things like local honeys, locals, you know, foods and things like that. Um, and a welcome basket for guests, which I think is a really lovely touch if that's something you can fit into your budget. Yeah, definitely. And the we, what you were saying about the weekday weddings goes hand in hand with being able to then have um, some sort of either, depending on which side of the week you get married on, mm-hmm. um, like my Thursday wedding, they had a like day or an evening thing the following Friday, mm-hmm. um, the next day. And then they had like a full bus tour day of DC because a lot of their family had never been to DC um, right. and their friends. So you know, that opens up your ability to have some sort of really cool experience in that place where you're getting married. So um, that totally lines up. Well, and it goes back to what you said about people not having been able to travel and that it, it, they can turn it into a wedding slash vacation type of thing. So um, I do think people um, are craving those experiences and it's awesome when you can tie it into something that you would already be attending anyway. Yeah. I mean, I always, we always try to tack a vacation onto something that we're traveling yeah. for. If I'm speaking at a conference or something, then we tack a vacation on. <laughs> Why not? Right. You know, you need a vacation after you're doing something like speaking at a conference. <laughs> right. Exactly. And if you're going to travel for a wedding, you know, instead of zipping in and out of town, it is nice to take a little bit of time, especially around like to see those people you haven't seen in so long. Right. Or maybe you just see all the time, but you still want to see them a little more. <laughs> yeah. Why not, right? Keep the party going. Yeah. I'm here for it. I'm yeah. so here for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vanessa, do you have any final um, insight or thoughts or advice that you would like to share um, regarding wedding planning during this time? Yeah. So, you know, I'd say um, don't settle. Um, (laughs) I had a couple who, you know, they were on their third round and they just decided we want to do a small intimate wedding. Um, and then they attended a wedding and they came back to me and said, actually, that's not what we want. We do want the big wedding and we're going to wait to do it. And and, and they're going to do, you know, they're going to get married. Um, and you know, just have their parents there and then do something larger. But but don't skimp. I mean, I, it does feel like we're never going to get out of this, but we will. 
Um, and so even if you do something small now, or if you want to do something small, and that's really true to you, then capitalize on this time. Um, and I would say, you know, go with your gut and go what's, with what's going to make you the most comfortable. I think people are always asking kind of, well, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. But there, there's, there are a lot of risk factors and you want to be able to enjoy your day, whatever that means for you. And so um, I, I think, you know, think about that as, as you're planning the day and, and don't do something outside of, of your comfort zone. Um, for, for whatever reason, um, because, you know, you want to feel, you want to feel good and you want to feel relaxed and not stressed about, um, anything on your day. So that would be, those would be my, my parting words to, to people. I wish that I could have just clapped through that whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. Everything about that was exactly what sits in my heart when I'm hearing all these stories and I'm going through all these pieces of, you know, and and through these processes with people. And that's everything you said was just perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that information. Thank you for being here. I love having these conversations with you. You're such a wonderful human. Oh, thank you. I love it too. You know, I'm here for it at any time. Um, you know, I can't wait to come chill with Klaus in person and you, of course. Uh, so um, I'm the I'm secondary still- there, just to be clear. <laughs> the dog takes precedence over I mean, me all the time, you know, which is it's- totally fine. I'm also here for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love it. And i um, always happy to share um, any insights uh, with, with your audience. So thanks for having me. Yeah. And where can people find you online? Yeah. So on the social medias of the world, I am at little BLKBK. And you can find me online at www.lbbconcierge.com. And that's Little Black Book is what that stands for. Um, Because she has so many amazing vendors and information (laughs) in her Little Black Book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Vanessa, thank you so much for being here. I love this interview. I love chatting with you. Um, And thank you to everyone for tuning in and joining us today. Um, And uh, you can follow us on Instagram if you so choose, at The Wedding Dish Podcast. And if you want to um, check out our show notes, we'll, of course, link to Vanessa and Little Black Book on there. Um, And we have our transcripts available. You can apply to be a guest speaker. You can um, sponsor us and get uh, premium content, um, all kinds of great stuff. So um, that is the weddingdishpodcast.com. And don't forget to tune in next week. We will be tackling some more love life and entrepreneurship info for you on the wedding dish. Um, and until next time, cheers. Thanks, guys.
Never, it never happened. I've done over a hundred proposals. Um, I think I've this year I've been averaging five or six a month, which is a lot. Um, but yeah, that's um, a lot. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, I, I just completely completely lost my train of thought. Um, anyway, you can continue with your questioning. <laughs> Um, so, okay, let's assume, you know, whether or not you two, it works for you as a couple to have a photographer. Um, how do you choose the right photographer for you? What are some of the key Um, points when you're looking at someone's portfolio and, or communicating with them? Um, I mean, in terms of picking a photographer, it's just like picking a photographer for anything else. You have to one, like their style, which is, yeah. I mean, it, I won't say the, uh, it's probably like, it's not most important. It's probably half as important. I mean, there's important parts of choosing a photographer. One is their personality. Two is the style. If you like their style, but hate their personality, you're not going to have a good time. Yeah. Um, if you love their personality and they're a horrible photographer, you're not going to have a good time. So you have to or look. Or you'll be, you'll regret it later. Yes, you exactly. Yes. So, I mean, it's just like choosing a photographer for a wedding. You want to you know, like their style. Um, and you want to be, you, you want to know that you'll be comfortable with them and, um, you, you want to know you'll be comfortable with having them at such an important moment, at such a, um, you know, pivotal moment of their relationship. You don't just want some, some dude or chick, you know, just kind of there, you know, if you don't know how they're, how, how they work and how they think about the, the proposal. Um, let's see. Um, and in terms of like communication and things mm-hmm. like you, you've been going through, you know, I, I send them a map, I send them yeah. like this and that and all those things, you know, how, um, what would be some things that would help people determine whether or not they need that level of expertise versus, um, you know, somebody who's just going to show up and shoot. Um, well, in my opinion, you need that level of, ex- you, you, everyone needs that level of expertise, whether or not they know it. Um, I agree. You, if you're proposing to someone, you don't want to leave anything up to chance. And if you're gonna, if you're gonna choose, a, if you're gonna hire a photographer for a couple hundred bucks, um, and you, uh, you want to be sure that they're gonna capture it. You want to, you obviously, are um, at the point where you know, you know, at some level, a friend's not gonna do the capturing um, effectively. So you're hiring a photographer. So m- make sure you hire a photographer who knows what they're doing and who has, you know, a deep, uh, a deep knowledge of the, the process. I mean, cause like I said, yeah. I've done a hundred of these things, my process, I add to my process pretty much every time I do a shoot something, I, I think of something new and I add it to my, you know, my how to guide that I sent to all my, my clients on, you know, the process of the logistics of doing the proposal. Um, for example, recently, well, um, I, I had two couples recently, who I, I did, I shot the proposal, but, um, the person they were proposing to, um, was not looking towards the camera. So I didn't capture their facial reactions. And, um, the person proposing was displeased that I did not capture their facial reactions, um, which is understandable, but at the same time, it's completely out of, out of my control. Um, for many reasons, I can't just like yell, Hey, turn around, face me. Um, so now as part of my process, I draw, uh, on my diagrams, I clearly indicate lines of sight. Um, and I tell them and I tell them, okay, you need to make sure that her or his back is to the monument and your back is to me. You need to have that happen. Otherwise I cannot guarantee I will get their facial expression, which is important. And I make it abundantly clear that that's the only way to ensure um, that I get the facial reaction. And I even, I even put that in my contract and bolded it just because I, I want to make it super abundantly clear. This must be one of your highest considerations if you care about, you know, capturing their facial expression, which most people do. Yeah. I mean, of course, like there's so many things that are out of control. If, if the fate, you know, you can't jump in the water and, um, I understand it's a very, it's a very stressful moment and I probably wouldn't be able to remember anything someone told me in that moment. Um, but if there's one thing I, you know, try to stress to people is that to remember in that stressful situation is just make sure they're facing me or at least sideways to me, as long as their back's not to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, and and another consideration in that is that oftentimes your photographer is using a um, you know, a, a telephoto lens mm-hmm. because they don't want to be part of your moment. They want to capture yeah. your moment and you don't want them up in your space. Um, so, you know, it for them to then run to another location, they can miss that whole moment um because yeah. it is a larger arc. So, oh, yeah, um, if you're on your knee for 10 seconds, there's absolutely no way I could get to another spot, um, which would capture the other person's, uh, you know, reaction to the proposal. Yeah. 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 I totally am with you. Yeah, well, I mean, I was upset that I didn't capture their facial expression. And like I said, it's understandable in those two situations that, you know, they weren't entirely pleased that I didn't capture the facial expression, but you know, it's a proposal. I, Make it abundantly clear that everything is not not everything's up to chance, but there's a you know there's a, a good portion of the logistical um, planning that you know stresses that even though there's logistical planning, a lot of this is left up to chance, and we have to just sort of accept that. Yeah, there are a lot of moving parts. There are a lot of variables, and that's one of the reasons that you hire somebody. Um, that I would encourage everyone listening to hire somebody who has that level of expertise in that thorough, um, you know, who is that thorough so that the moment goes as smoothly as possible. So you don't have to think about it when it's happening. You know, you already are on autopilot knowing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Moving parts and variables is a way better way of saying it than how I said it. (laughs) So I'm glad that you, you said that. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being here and joining me on the wedding dish today. How can people find you online? Um, they can check out my website at chrisforenzi.com um, for the spelling. Just look in the show notes because it's hard to spell. Um, people always misspell it. And if I spell it out loud, you'll mistake the N for an M or the Z for a C. So just 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 look at the show notes. Or you can go to my Instagram at chrisdelta, just chris and then D-E-L-T-A. It has nothing to do with the Delta variant. <laughs> Um, I thought of that the other day. <laughs> I have, I've had that 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 name, that screen name, since like 1996, and it's based off Star Trek Voyager because, of course, it is because they were in the Delta Quadrant of yep. the the galaxy. So, hence Chris Delta. But now it's sort of it's sort of sort of taken on a new a new meaning, which is unfortunate. But I know, I know. Um, I'm just gonna <laughs> just gonna hope it. Um. I hope it, you know I can I can weather the storm with my screen name, which is one of the most important things, right? Oh yes, of course, that is of utmost yeah. importance. Um, yes, and I would definitely check Chris's um, Instagram out. Check out his website. He is a super talented photographer. Um, he's one of my favorite people to work with. Um, he's also one of the people that I love receiving his preview photos that he sends me because um, we share. You know, we're friends, so we share some of our favorite photos from different things that we do. And, um, and I just love it because it's always something different and cool and really unique and it's very inspiring. Well, that's, that's so like, nice of I you. Inspi- I like being <laughs> inspiring. <laughs> I really shocked you on that, didn't I? <laughs> you did. I kind of wish you all could see his face. He was a little bit like I hit him with a, a, um, sock with a tennis ball in it or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never been, never thought of myself as inspiring, but I'll take it. <laughs> well, you gotta, because I said it. There we go. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's always such a pleasure to have you. Um, and I appreciate all of you tuning into The Wedding Dish today. And if you would like to give us a follow on Instagram, you'll see some of Chris's awesome photos on there um, at The Wedding Dish Podcast. And you can visit our website, theweddingdishpodcast.com to read our show notes, apply to be a guest on the show. Um, You can donate so that we can keep bringing you juicy wedding tips and tricks from couples and wedding pros alike. And you can get the transcripts from this episode because we are committed to accessibility. And don't forget to turn tune in next week. We have another amazing wedding um, story that we're talking about. And until then, cheers, everybody.